Lord's Day, we like to thank you for coming to worship with us. And I'm so grateful that we can begin our service today with believers' baptism. Sean Suddeth comes to be baptized. So grateful to visit him with Sean and his family. And a couple of Sundays ago, Sean made his public profession of faith and today follows through with believers' baptism. Sean, I ask you, as I do everyone that enter into these waters, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? That's important. My privilege and joy to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray together. Father, thank you for this special day. We rejoice with Sean and his family. Father, may his baptism be a witness not only of his faith in you, but Father would be a witness to others in this room that have never followed through with believers' baptism or maybe have never accepted Christ. We pray, Lord, that others would come to know you this day and Father, that your Holy Spirit would just play and sing through our musicians and speak through your word and and Father, through your servant and your message, and Father, we'll just thank you and praise you in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to welcome you here today. Thank you for joining us for worship. I stood out there so I could see the baptism. And what a great way to start our service with Believer's Baptism. But we're so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us for worship. And uh, it's just good to see your smiling faces here this morning. And I'm glad you've chosen to worship with this church family, especially if you're a guest. We welcome you. We thank you for joining us today. And we have a gift for you. I say this every week out on the Welcome Center. Just go by and pick up one of those bags that has a gift in it. It has some other information that you might find uh, interesting. If you have any questions, if we don't have an answer, we'll find someone who, do, who does. So uh, just let us know. But thank you, everybody, for being here today. And we pray that you uh, and all under the sound of our voice through live stream and are watching we pray that you feel god's presence as we worship him and lift up his name and praise today why don't you take a minute to greet those around you and then we'll join in singing come thou fount of every blessing <laughs>
is no sweeter name than the name of Jesus. You join as we continue in worship and worship team leads us.
Amen. Thank you. May be seated. What a powerful and beautiful message and song. And we're so grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us from our sins. So thankful that there is no sweeter name than the name of Jesus. There's no other name under heaven given to man whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. And one day at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We welcome you here. We welcome those of you who are watching this morning on live stream or Facebook. I pray that wherever you are, you might feel his presence and his spirit. And I'm so grateful that every week there's an opportunity for you and me, if you feel led to come to this altar to pray, you can kneel, you can stand, you can place an arm of encouragement around someone, you can pray from your seat, wherever you're watching today, you can certainly join us in prayer, but there's power in prayer. And we know God is able. That's been our theme all through this year. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And today, would you tap into his life-changing, life-saving, life-giving power? So if you feel led this morning, won't you come join me as we lift up our prayers together? Would you come pray with me? pray together. Oh God, we love you and we praise you and we lift up the name of Jesus. And Father, we come today with humble hearts, grateful hearts. I pray transformed hearts that we want to be more like Jesus. And Father, today it's so great to be able to worship with other believers and, and people who are watching maybe locally or in other states or, or maybe even all around the world. And Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would just move us today. Father, bless those who are kneeling and standing at this altar and bless those praying from their seats. Father, you know what's going on even before we ask, but we come asking and seeking and knocking Father, we know the reason we have not is because we ask not. Oh God, we come praying in the strong name of Jesus Christ that with your stripes, with your wounds, we are healed. We know spiritually, but maybe healing is going to take place physically, mentally, emotionally, 
financially, spiritually, whatever it may be, God, we know you are able. Father, we pray for families grieving today that they would feel your comfort and your peace and your love. Father, there's some folks battling maybe depression or anxiety or fear. Lord, maybe it's panic attacks. Lord, maybe it's an addiction. Lord, maybe it is a financial problem or a problem within the family. Would you reconcile differences? Would you deliver, God, and draw them to you? And Father, we pray for this country and for our leaders and for our military. We need revival and spiritual awakening. And Father, may it begin in each of our hearts and in the heart of this church. Father, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would just touch us in a life-changing way. Remove distractions. Father, remove any thoughts that are not holy and pure. Father, forgive us of any sin and tune our hearts with yours. Father, I pray that you would bless every boy and girl and young man and young woman and every man and woman and every person here today and every person watching that today would be a life-changing day for the better and that we would give you the glory, glory to your name. So, Father, would you now just continue to move through the music and through the proclamation of your word and through your servant and servants and, oh, God, may your voice be heard and our lives be transformed. We love you, Lord, and we give you praise for your faithfulness and the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me this morning to Ephesians chapter 4? And this is a passage I know in days gone by that I know we've studied before, but it's the one the Lord placed on my heart for today. And I pray it's for you, it's for me, it's for us as we worship together today. After the reading of God's Word, would you be in prayer for the choir as they come to lead us? Begin with verse 29, Ephesians 4. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you all. What a great reminder of God's faithfulness through ages past, today and forever. Thank you all for a beautiful job. And thank you again for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I always like to start with a little humor to get you ready to hear more important things. Early service got to hear too, because I didn't tell them one last week, but you heard the one from last week. Unless the first one is a bomb, I might tell last week's again. So, But maybe you heard the story about two cowboys who were lost out in the desert, and they were starving. And then one of the cowboys looks, and in the distance there is a tree, and there's bacon draped all over the tree. And, and the cowboy says, we're saved, there's a bacon tree. And he went running, and, and as he went running to the tree, Shots began to ring out and bullets were whizzing at him and and he found out it it wasn't a bacon tree at all. It was a ham bush. (laughs) A ham bush. (laughs) Womp, womp, womp. Anyway, Maybe this is a time of year where you have been or you've seen others doing a lot of work around their houses. Maybe you've seen or heard, as I have, hammers early in the morning ripping off old roofs and putting on new ones. Or maybe you have seen people out raking leaves in their yard or picking up dead branches. Or or maybe you've seen people, as I have, out having their driveway sealed with a fresh coat of blacktop and resealing and and getting ready for the winter months. And there's been a lot of people out doing projects. And maybe you're here today and you see some things that need to be done. It, It might be that you need something repaired. Or maybe you see something that you've been seeing every day that needs to be cleaned up. Or possibly there's something in your life that, that needs to be uh, resealed or, or redone. And when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about your earthly house now. I'm talking about your spiritual house. You might see some things that need to be repaired or some things that need to be cleaned up or some things that need to be sealed or resealed in your life. In our scripture passage today, we see Paul writing the church at Ephesus. Many believe was a circular letter going to, to many uh, churches in the province of Asia. And, and there, as Paul was writing, not to address any particular problem, but to encourage these believers in their faith journey to help them to serve with love and humility when they're being persecuted because of their faith. And then in these verses that we read this morning, Paul is really helping us to know what kind of Christians we ought to be. I mean, my prayer is today, if you're here and you're watching, that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's possible that you've never made that commitment. You've never professed your faith. And if you haven't, I pray that Something is said or done today where you will give your heart and life to Jesus and you'll want to be baptized like Sean was just a few moments ago. Or maybe you are a Christian, but yet you know 
that you haven't been living your life the way you need to live it for Jesus Christ. There's some things that need to be changed. There's some things that need to be fixed. There's some things that need to be cleaned up. There's some things that need to be redone in your life. And maybe this message is for you today. I pray it's, it's for all of us. Because this season really is a time for fall cleanup. It's time for fall cleanup. And the cleanup begins with our language. The cleanup begins with our language. Paul said in verse 29 of our scripture passage, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Some translations say, do not let any corrupt words come out of your mouth. Paul uses a phrase in Greek that actually means rotten or decayed as used for a decaying dead animal. Do not let any rotten, corrupt, dirty, filthy, slanderous, cursing, gossiping, foul words come out of your mouth. Now know this, that if you profess to know Christ, then family members and friends and co-workers and classmates and teammates know that you are a Christian and they hear you using unwholesome, dirty, filthy, corrupt language. That's a poor witness. Now, I said this at the early service, and I'll say it again now. You may not struggle with foul or corrupt language, and your sin may not be mine, and mine may not be yours, but the Bible is clear for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I think sometimes we are guilty of pointing at people and saying, well, at least I don't talk like they do. And they might look at you and me and say, well, at least I don't do and live how they live. We're all sinners. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and fail to see the plank in your own eye? Is what Jesus said. But we have to understand that it, it can be a poor witness when we do not live our lives in a way to bring glory to God. We read out of Proverbs 16, 24 that Pleasant words or gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Now, if you look at verse 28 of Proverbs chapter 16, it says a perverse person, which means a corrupt person, stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. So we have to be careful with our words. And so many times we allow the world to creep in and into our vocabulary and we talk, take God's name in vain and, and drop the F-bomb and other four-letter words and, and people are going, and they're a Christian? And Christians are talking like that? We ought not do that. As a matter of fact, in Colossians 3.8, which I'm going to be mentioning more in just a few minutes, it says that we are to get rid of filthy language from our lips. And then if you would look in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, 
It says, let your conversation be full of grace and seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. In other words, our conversation is to be grace-filled. Salt is a preservative. It's tasty. We are to have tasteful conversation in our interaction with others, whether it's when we're playing sports or at the office or with our friends. Our language could be a stumbling block to someone if we're not careful. I want to give you a couple of examples. You know, I've shared with you before, if you go out to eat, sometimes you're in a restaurant that might have some artificial greenery or something between you and the next section. If you ever eat over at Cracker Barrel, there's two sections, and that section is separated with some lattice. If you all know what I'm talking about, the lattice that has, you know, old-time stuff on it. Well, I've jokingly before, maybe you've heard me mention, I've sat at one of those seats right next to the lattice. Well, if you're just there and just, you know, being quiet, you can hear the conversation on the other side of the lattice, and you can see people. And, and I saw one of our church members one day over there, and uh, they were talking. They weren't talking about me at that time, but they were talking, and uh, I leaned over to the lattice because I, I saw who it was, and I said, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been 10 days since my last confession. <laughs> They looked around like it was a confessional booth that I was confessing. Then they saw, well, Todd, well, and then we start talking, you know, between the lattice. But you never know who's on the other side of the lattice or the greenery in a restaurant or what kind of language or what you're saying. We are to not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths so that it would not only meet needs, but it would benefit those who listen. Just recently, I had some people in our Coffee and Connections group that meet on Sunday nights that was talking about being in a place of business, and they knew someone in that business who claims to be a Christian, but their language was anything but Christ-like. And they were asking about how to say something to those people, to that person, to address that you're saying you're a Christian, but your words are saying something totally different and how to address that situation. We, we talked about that, that we are to be different, that we are to be holy because he is holy, to be set apart than the rest of the world. And so today I pray that, that our conversation and that our language would be wholesome and not unwholesome that we would not only not say bad things, but we'd say good things to others. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore let us encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. This past weekend I ran into someone whom I know, who I knew, and they've got a family member who's a pastor of a church, and they're not in this community. I told the early, early church, don't, don't try to figure out who's he talking about. I think I know who it is because they're not in this community. Do you ever do that? You go home and say, I bet I know who he was talking about. <laughs> and it's funny, I'll, I'll tell you, I, 
I received a, a text after the early service, and somebody said, uh, Todd, I wanted to thank you for the message. Not only is Google listening, but you are too. Because <laughs> Google sometimes, you know, will listen and answer something. Like, well, I didn't say anything, or Siri will say, you know. So anyway, um, this past weekend, I ran into someone. They said that their family member who's a pastor whom I know I said, well, how are they doing? And said, not good. And I said, well, what's going on? And said, I think after COVID and all the junk we've been through, that they are really burnt out and they're ready to, I think, throw in the towel. Said they never, he never at their church gets a word of encouragement. It's nothing but criticism and complaints and somebody fault finding and said, he never gets a thank you or a word of encouragement and says, I'm really worried that he might need to do something else because he just can't take it anymore. And that breaks my heart because I know they love the Lord and I know they're a good man and a good minister. And that's sad. And, and I shared with this person, I said, well, you know, I can relate a little bit. And like him, I do appreciate many of you all send me encouraging text. I get some every morning and a joke to start the day. I get cards and you all are wonderful about encouraging me. And I want to encourage you to continue to encourage people. I'm not talking about just ministry staff, even though we greatly appreciate a good word and not a complaint or a criticism. We get enough of that at home. Anyway, that's a joke. That's a joke. My wife's in the nursery today, so just... We try to encourage each other, and we try to encourage our children. But maybe you need to encourage that coworker or that husband or that wife or that son or that daughter or that teammate or that student. You need to give them an encouraging word because sometimes people don't ever get an encouraging word. That's why I do my best. If I'm at a restaurant, whether it's a waiter or a waitress or a sales clerk somewhere, I try to be as kind and as nice as I can because they put up with a lot of junk all throughout the day. And we are to try to be Jesus in the flesh. And so do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building people up according to the and it may benefit those little ears. Parents, you better believe your children are listening. You say, you hear them say something, they say, well, where did they hear that? Well, mom and dad, grandparents, they hear it from us. And why are you so negative and why are you so critical? Well, they learned it from the best. And so we need to be very careful about what words I just don't know why my children don't want to go to church. We can't make them go to church because they've heard mom and dad talk about how terrible it is. I can't believe they just won't do this or they won't do that. Many times we need to be accountable for how we're talking and how we're living in front of our children and our co-workers and our family members and friends. But not only should we clean up our language, we need to clean up our lifestyles. In verse 30, Paul said, And let us not grieve the Holy Spirit of God 
with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all uh, brawling and rage and anger and slander and, and uh, every form of malice. And so when it says do not grieve the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. We know that there's the Father, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and then the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And every day when I pray, I thank God for being Almighty God, my everlasting Father. I thank Jesus for being my Savior and my Lord for saving my soul through the blood that was shed on the cross. I thank him for saving my daughter Sophie and me in a car accident, a head-on collision two summers ago. And then I thank him for his Holy Spirit, which comforts me and convicts me and guides me and directs me and leads me as a follower of Jesus Christ and strengthens me when my strength is not enough. That's the Holy Spirit. And when we accept Jesus into our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes in. And so when it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit, it grieves the Spirit of God when our lifestyles are not pleasing to Him. When we're living like the world instead of living in obedience to the Word of God. And it's not legalism. We should desire to live for Christ. Our love comes through our obedience. The way we show Jesus we love him is by obeying his word. And that's why Paul said in Colossians 3, 5, he said, and put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. And then if you would read on verses 6 through 8, he said, but because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways the way you used to live, but now you must rid yourselves of all anger, rage, malice, slander, and then once again, along with filthy language from your lips. That's verse 8 of Colossians 3. And so we should want to get rid of things that we know hurt our witness and hurt our walk and our relationship with Christ. And it shouldn't be burdensome. It should be our joy, our honor, and privilege to want to be more like Christ. I've told you we meet on Sunday afternoons and, and do coffee and connections just Really, we'll just start with the question and then the Spirit just leads us and we encourage each other. And uh, recently, a couple of the guys in that group, one, they remembered each other from years ago when they were in school. And then they both began to share how God had changed their lives, that they weren't the same people they used to be. And they both are on fire for Jesus and they're wanting to share their faith, not just by word, but by action with others. 
And I think about what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Paul said in Galatians 2, 20, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ Jesus now lives in me. When we give our hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus, the old is gone, the new has come. This morning, Gary Mitchell, one of our members, was at the early service and continued to pray for Gary and Jeannie as he battles cancer. But years ago, I was asked to speak at a revival, and Gary Mitchell came with his guitar, and he sang the song, The Old Man is Dead. And what it was referring to, the old sinful man was dead and no longer living, and that he is now a new creation in Christ. Maybe some of you are here and it's time to bury the old man, the old woman, the old person, the old lifestyle, the old way of living because you are a new person in Christ. God loves you and God forgives you. And you can have a fresh start today. It's time to clean up your lifestyle. And then when it says that you've been sealed for the day of redemption, to be sealed is ownership. And we were bought at a price by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been sealed for the day of redemption when our salvation is brought to fruition, glorification, and that process of salvation. We've been sealed. We've been bought at a price. We are not our own. We've been bought with Jesus' blood on the cross. But then lastly, maybe we need to repair our love relationship with others. Verse 32. Now this is, we're, we're about to wrap it up. You know, it was funny. Uh, Wednesday afternoon I came in here. It was freezing cold because it was cold outside. And I, I told him, I said, crank up the heat. Now this morning it's too hot. And some of y'all are really comfortable, and I see you fighting it. <laughs> I'm about to wrap this up right here, okay? Some of y'all are struggling. I'm working up here, let me tell you. <laughs> you want to know if I can see you? I can. <laughs> do, you, do you see me? Can you hear me now? I can see you. All right, anyway. I'm glad you're here. You're getting it through osmosis. This is one of the hardest things. We're about to wrap it up. Verse 32, delayed response up here. They were asleep, now they're awake. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate. Now this is the hard part. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. Would you not agree with me? that one of the, the most difficult things for us to do as Christians is to forgive people. People that have hurt us or mistreated us or abused us or slandered us or gossiped about us or lied about untruths. One of the hardest things for Christians, in my opinion, and we can agree to disagree, is to forgive people. First question I want to answer is why should we forgive? Well, look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. This is out of the great Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus said, For if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father 
will also forgive your sins. But if you do not forgive people their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's pretty clear to me that if we want God, our Father's forgiveness, we have to forgive others. That's hard, isn't it? If we want God... One of our members going out said, when you were talking about forgiveness, if we're not willing to forgive, there's a block in between us and God. That relationship, that vertical relationship. If there is something that that's inside of us blocking, then we're not going to experience the fullness of God's blessings and his grace. Is there someone you need to forgive today? Be kind and compassionate. We always try to teach our children to be kind and compassionate and loving to people, even when they have hurt you or mistreated you. You take the high road and you be Christ-like. You be the bigger boy, the bigger girl, the bigger person. You do the right thing, as hard as it is. So that's why, how do we forgive? And this, we're about to wrap it up. Many years ago, the founder of Celebrate Recovery, John Baker, not our John Baker, but John Baker, the founder of Celebrate Recovery Ministry, wrote a book called Life's Healing Choices. And he gave three R's of how we are to forgive people. And this is how we're going to close out by going over these. The first R stands for reveal your hurt. Now, it might not be beneficial for you to go to someone that you've been at odds with or you've tried before, but you can reveal your hurt to a trustworthy family member, a godly Christian friend or accountability partner. If you suppress that, it's only going to get worse. You've got to reveal your hurt and let somebody, you can certainly reveal it to God. He already knows, but tell him about it. I was greatly hurt by this or by this person. Reveal your hurt to God. Second thing, and this is hard, release the offender. Release the offender. You know, Jesus, when he was on the cross, who was the only innocent person the only perfect person to ever live died a criminal's death on an old rugged cross. And even Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. We're to forgive people even when they do know what they're doing. We forgive. Unforgiveness and bitterness, you've heard me say, is like us drinking poison expecting the other person to die. That's what unforgiveness and bitterness is. Their, married, their life is lived out. They're, married, they're going on their merry way, and we're the one thinking about it all the time. Do you know when you have really released the offender? Is when you stop thinking about them, when you stop talking about them less, and you're going on. That's when you've really released the offender. If you don't release the offender, you're always going to remain the victim. It's time to release the offender. And lastly, replace your hurt with the peace of God. Replace your hurt with the peace of God. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts as you were called as 
one family or as, as members to live in peace. And then he says, and be thankful. If we can have an attitude of gratitude and be thankful, your life will begin to change. If you'll stop complaining about what you don't have and criticizing this and being upset, if you would learn to have a grateful and thankful heart, your life will begin to change. That's a promise. How could we ever thank God enough for what he's done for us? If we'll stop saying this and that being negative and critical and complaining, nobody wants to be around a negative Nelly. But if we begin to say, Lord, may my life and my words and my actions be a reflection of you so that people might see the light and love of Jesus and be drawn to the light. So how do you get that peace? Today, if you've never accepted Christ, say, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. We all are. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. And I pray today that if you've never given your life to him, why not now? We're not promised tomorrow. If you're a Christian and you know you need to clean up or to repair or redo, reseal some things, why not do it today? Start today by doing the repairs with the Holy Spirit helping you the whole way. Or maybe you've been looking for a church. I tell you all the time, we are not perfect. I told someone that on the phone this past week. They were sharing some of their uh, disappointment and, and miscommunication, and I apologized. I apologized about 10 times on the phone. I am so sorry. And I reminded them that I say all the time, we're not a perfect church, and I'm not a perfect pastor, but we serve a perfect God. And I said, if you're looking at me, it's just one of me, but this is a big church, and we try our best not to hurt or disappoint anyone. But ultimately, you will be disappointed if you're looking at me, but if you keep your eyes on Jesus, there's no fault in him. And I pray that you will always keep your eyes on Jesus. There's some expectations I cannot live up to, but he can fill every one of your expectations. That's a promise. And all you have to do is trust in him, and he'll bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there's someone in this room or watching that's never given their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus, that they might come to accept your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness even now. You tell us, God, that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Thank you for that grace. Lord, maybe there are Christians that need to renew their commitment and they've gotten off track or they've gotten into the world and their language and their lifestyles have mimicked what they've seen in the world or what they've heard. Oh God, we are to be the salt and the light. We are to be different than the world. 
And even though we might get persecuted on this side of eternity, we will be blessed in heaven one day if we would keep our eyes upon you. Lord, maybe there are people looking for a church home, a family of faith, to encourage one another, to hold each other accountable. Lord, I pray that we would encourage each other this morning. And maybe someone coming today, Lord, would be an encouragement for someone else to come. Oh, God, whatever decision, whatever commitment we need to make, may we be obedient to follow your Spirit's lead. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this room, to stand, and we're going to sing a hymn of commitment, invitation. If you're watching, please contact our office, and we will pray with you about your decision. But won't you come as we sing Grace Greater Than Our Sin. So much for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I hope you have been encouraged today to leave this place talking and living like a Christian and that any cleanup or any repairs or any redoing or sealing will be done with the help of the Spirit of God. Bless you for coming. Please know that this uh, tonight we will not have our coffee and conversation. I actually the next two Sunday nights because tonight is deacon ordination service. I invite you to come as we'll be ordaining three new deacons and installing eight others. So it'll be a sweet service. Deacon ordination councils at five o'clock down the gap class. 
6 o'clock service. I encourage you to come. And then Wednesday night, 5 o'clock, delicious meal downstairs. We also have a great time here praying at 6 in this very room, as well as youth and children activities and Bible studies. So it's a great night. You don't want to miss. The next Sunday, I hope you're here. And Sunday night is our Trunks of Treasures. And so from 4 to 6, we'll be out giving out candy. You can decorate your car, decorate yourself. And uh, it's going to be a great time as we have hundreds of children that will be coming to get some candy. If it's inclement weather, we'll move it into the Cross Center. But I hope that you'll join us for a great time. Thank you all for always being encouraging to me. And I ask that you would continue to pray for Kelly and me, our family, for this church, our staff. We appreciate you and love you and thank you for loving us and know how much God loves you. Bill, lead us in a closing song so they can get somewhere to eat. <laughs> Thank you so much for being the bond, the, the bond that binds us together through Jesus Christ and his love. May we go from this place sharing that love with others, even this week, in Jesus' name, amen. amen.